Welcome to Searching for the Question Live. My name is David Orban, and I am very happy to have all of you following the show. Uh, we are streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and you can uh, be part uh, by uh, asking questions or making comments. I will be able to uh, look at them and um, uh, answer them uh, live making this uh, interactive and uh, making sure that uh, we are also able to um, drive the conversation in uh, those areas that are uh, interesting uh, for you. Uh, recently, uh, on another uh, show, I also used uh, a, a separate tool uh, that uh, enabled people not only to ask questions, but also to vote on questions asked by others. It went pretty well, so I may also adopt it uh, here. Um, there are many ways that uh, you can participate in searching for the question live, for example, by uh, voting on the guests that you would like to see uh, on the show. Also, uh, you can uh, sign up uh, on uh, the Discord uh, conversational uh, community uh, that uh, allows uh, uh, the people who are passionate about technology and its impact on society uh, to continue the, the conversation among friends. Um, I also invite you to sign up to my weekly newsletter uh, that uh, informs you uh, on uh, uh, what I think about uh, not as much current events uh, by themselves, but uh, what is the context, uh, really, of the things that uh, we are seeing uh, uh, around us? Um, and uh, finally, if uh, you uh, believe that uh, the value that I am uh, creating deserves it, uh, I invite you to uh, sign up to become a patron on patreon.com slash David Orban as a fan, a supporter, um, a sponsor, or a benefactor. Uh, various levels. So um, today uh, we have uh, a guest and a friend um, whom I have known for uh, several years, and um, uh, she's she's young enough uh, to say I've known her since uh, she she was a child. Now that is just a little bit of an exaggeration, uh, but I uh, am very happy to have seen uh, over the years. Uh, um, our guest, uh, uh, you know, becoming uh, more and more um, active in, in, in various areas uh, and uh, seeing uh, her uh, evolving uh, both uh, professionally and, and personally. Uh, Marta Giglioni um, studied uh, law and technology, and her interests are at the intersection of uh, how uh, both uh, must evolve, uh, as a matter of fact, co-evolve. And also, what are the conditions uh, that uh, make it possible for certain jurisdictions to thrive? Uh, why certain areas uh, can take advantage of uh, technological innovation better than others? Uh, what are the conditions for this uh, to happen? Uh, this and uh, many other things uh, will be the topic of our conversation today. Welcome, Marta, to Searching for the Question Live. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Hi, everyone. So um, one of the, the things that I uh, play around uh, at uh, uh, Searching for the Question Live is, is to show, you know, as part of the context, uh, that uh, I am in Bergamo, Italy, right now. And uh, before we started, we established that you are not exactly in San Francisco, but pretty close uh, in California, just uh, south of San Francisco in a place called uh, uh, Hillsboro. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, how, di how did you uh, end up picking uh, Hillsboro? So um, it's uh, basically I I'm here with because uh, uh, the first time I came here and then maybe we're going to unpack more about it. But it was a strategic spot to be very close to the airport, considering my life and my family's life. It's lived between Italy, US, and Brazil. 
So we needed the easy access uh, to easy commute, international commute, uh, that let's say nowadays is not being that strategic anymore, uh, but we are loving the green areas around the house in these like complicated times. So yeah. Yeah, and and uh, for for those who have uh, never been, um, uh, Northern California uh, with uh, San Francisco obviously is is one of the technology capitals of of the world, and uh, San Francisco is at the northern tip of the peninsula. Uh, of San Francisco Bay and all this area uh, um, until you arrive at uh, San Jose uh, is uh, what is called uh, the Silicon Valley. So uh, there are all kinds of uh, very famous cities and companies from Apple to uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter and Google that, uh, that have their headquarters here. And when you land uh, with, uh, uh, with your plane, uh, you then rent a car and either go north to go to San Francisco or you go south uh, uh, to to these other places and and then you pass and you can say hello to to Marta as, oh, yeah. as, as she's she's right across, right across. learned so the 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 first time uh, Marta and I met uh, was uh, through uh, the global contests that uh, Singularity University would organize uh, with local partners uh, that uh, aimed at um, selecting uh, bright young people who then would spend their uh, summer at uh, Singularity University at the NASA uh, uh, Ames uh, Research Park, um, also uh, very close uh, to, to the places that uh, we've just uh, shown. And uh, uh, you were uh, one of the winners. What, what year was that? It was 2016, the 1st of April of 2016, the day which I won the April yeah. school. I will never forget that day. Oh, okay, okay. I, 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 didn't, uh, I didn't remember uh, the date. And, and does that mean that you were kind of suspicious. Uh, you, you were not sure if we were going yeah. to tell you, hey, it was all a joke. Yeah, no, I remember calling some of my friends and be like, hey, I want this thing. Like, I'm going to California. And they were like, yeah, no, this is an April Fool's. Like, okay. it's not real. Well, but it wasn't, and you you, you went. Um, and and so I, uh, apologies for, for uh, you know, labeling you a child at the time. But uh, what was funny is that uh, you you didn't finish uh, university. Uh, you still had to get your degree. Uh, and uh, very diligently, then you, you, you came back and you did finish uh, and you did get your degree, right? Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, let's say the very last things are on work, work in progress now. So I'm like, let's say, it's a complicated situation, but let's say that I, I'm on the verge of finishing. Um, when I arrived in Singularity, I was the third year of university and I had already finished and oh. come up with all the exams of the fourth year already. I was just missing the fifth year. Uh, okay. And after having went to Singularity, I kept studying. I never stopped actually, uh, but just the interest of what I was studying was just much broader than only what university was offering me. And sometimes the system, is not that well equipped to uh, incorporate all of your interests. And so I chose this like parallel uh, um, uh, approach in which I was continuing studying and writing my thesis and everything, but still working full time, multiple jobs sometimes, and studying and keeping up with both law and tech. So yeah, I'm like, very well on the on the end of this journey with university, but I see my education as a more holistic thing. Not that I don't believe in university, of course I do, uh, but I did this, decide to, to draw my own. Uh, of course, uh, and 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 I think that is uh, very appropriate. I was very um, happy when uh, Google and others uh, actually announced that uh, a college degree wasn't uh, an absolute requirement anymore uh, for uh, being a candidate to find a job. Um, it was kind of a very blind and, and short-sighted selection uh, criterion uh, even before. Lazy, let's say. Let's call it a lazy um, reason for discarding a candidate. 
Um, and um, and uh, of course, uh, if you don't apply that as a filter, well, you as a recruiter or as a uh, as an HR person in the company ha have to work more. Uh, but uh, uh, the the non-standard path that more and more people are following in order to uh, find uh, how their passions and talent uh, appropriately intersect in order to be able to deliver substantial value in the places and the teams where they get involved is, is very uh, important. And the more enlightened uh, uh, companies uh, are now embracing embracing that. I, I'm, yeah, I agree with that. Just to add a little thing, uh, I do believe that there are certain jobs that totally require uh, a certain level of, of education. And like, uh, I'm not discouraging anyone from studying or getting a degree. Uh, I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say here is that if you work in the intersection between something like technology and something like law. Um, I am not a lawyer. I never claimed to be one. Um, I worked in law firms, but not as a lawyer. Uh, and I think it's all about being cohesive and coherent with yourself and looking to create value. And I had the great opportunity of creating value very early and show what I'm capable of doing. And the people I've worked with can see what I'm able to do. Like also in law, uh, even if I'm not yet there, but I do want to say and I do want to encourage the fact that I, I am still working on that and it's going to be done very, very soon. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a journey. It's a journey. So um, many of uh, the guests of the show are in some ways uh, related uh, to Singularity University uh, as advisors or faculty or or. Uh, people who attended uh, the SU courses. But I realize we, we, we never actually commented uh, on uh, the experience itself. So uh, maybe uh, you, can, uh, you can tell a, a little bit uh, about, uh, about that. Uh, how was uh, your summer uh, at uh, the NASA Research Park? Of course. Uh, so after I, as I mentioned, I, I, I won totally unexpectedly. Uh, their scholarship because it's like imposter syndrome like on steroids when you're competing for for something like the global uh global grand challenge uh, scholarship uh i arrived in silicon valley and i remember i had talked to a lot of different people trying to understand uh what should i expect and I did the, got this hint that was like, hey, get ready and start sleeping now because you're going to see that um, is, oh, you see, you find me directly there. Uh, because you're going to see that the, the experience is going to be the sleepless university and not singularity university. Uh, and that is because basically they gather together for the program that I attended that was called the Global Solutions Program. They gather together 80 people from, in my year, 40 plus nations around the globe with very different backgrounds, with very different stories. Uh, and they ask them to uh, gather together and learn about each other and learn from each other. And at the same time, get education from some of the smartest people uh, that lived and, and worked either in technology or in uh, um, uh, in technology, in entrepreneurship uh, or in human rights or global grand challenges. And what was mind blowing to me is that I was among the, the youngest in my class. I was 23 at the time. Uh, and no one was really valuing that or taking too much into account that like i was all of the sudden thrown into this world in which it doesn't really matter where you come from or what you know it's just like who you are and what you can bring at the table and how much do you really want to do this how much do you really want to use technology for the good and stopping having these uh, discussions about technology only about the problems of technology, but also about how to solve the problems of technology and how to solve the problems with technology. And I think that was like a shift in my mindset that I, I didn't have access to before, even if I was a very positive person that loved technology, having really the chance of putting that into a mindset for so long uh, was really, really interesting. And after the first six weeks, uh, sorry, 10 weeks in there, 
I also got into an additional program that was piloted that year. So I stayed for longer, not only 10 weeks, but I did a total of six months, uh, seeing always the same people and living out of NASA, working on a startup project. Uh, and that was really transformative. Like I can remember like one day bicycling to my office inside of NASA, living inside of NASA and thinking like, hey, I, I'm like actually here, this is happening. Like the people that are here are gonna be successful all over the world. And like, it's it's really incredible. It was- And, and this was the SU Labs uh, uh, incubator program? Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, the 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 uh, NASA Research Park is a is a wonderful uh, place. Uh, really, uh, very uh, very unique uh, in the mix uh, of of various kinds of futures that are intertwined. Uh, the the future that uh, the space program of the seventies uh, promised and didn't quite uh, come uh, about. Uh, also, a future uh, of the 50s nuclear nightmares that luckily uh, didn't happen uh, because there are the, the nuclear shelters uh, almost in every building where you are supposed uh, to be saving yourself uh, from the bombs that would have uh, completely destroyed uh, everything, of course. Uh, uh, but also um, current uh, technologies and current experiments, both in space and in, in, in other areas. So uh, extremely stimulating uh, and, and very, very welcoming. Um, uh, more recently, um, SU had to actually leave uh, even before uh, the current uh, changes, which... Uh, uh, actually persuaded the uh, Singularity University to become completely digital yeah. um, with no more uh, physical uh, events uh, being organized uh, even after the uh, the pandemic is over, uh, at least not at the, uh, at the California location. Even before this happened, SU uh, decided to leave the NASA um, Research Park because it became too complicated to welcome people from all over the world in a location that technically is a military um, facility. It's a military installation. So um, it, it, uh, it just became uh, not practical uh, to, to, to have and ask uh, permission for half of the students or, or more uh, that could be denied and, and sometimes actually was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, after uh, you went through these uh, ten weeks plus six months, uh, you 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 came back uh, to Italy, and um, maybe jumping ahead a, a, a little bit, uh, you became the director of Italia FinTech, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. So, so uh, tell tell us about it. What is uh, Italia FinTech and uh, and uh, what uh, what was your job uh, there apart from being the boss? <laughs> so, I, when I came back from from Singularity, I I was still in this like mix between I'm a law person, but I like technology, uh, and I want to find a sector that really, really benefits from it. Like, I do know that, like, in the long term, I want to work more, like, towards, uh, uh, like, ample areas of this intersection, but I did know that there was something that was the fintech sector in which these two uh, topics are very, very connected because there's no financial services basically without regulation. Of course, there's the, the difference of uh, Bitcoin, but like in a traditional way, massive products that arrive to everyone are only available for the ones that uh, that are regulated somehow. Uh, and in my first experience, I was in Unicredit. Uh, and in Unicredit, I got the great chance of working in the venture capital firm of Unicredit. And there I got the chance of meeting a lot of these startups uh, that were operating in Italy. And they were having these massive uh, challenges in being that present uh, as the government and in general institution needed to be in order to explain themselves and really allow to be understood by regulators worldwide. Uh, 
Uh, and so what we did is I quitted my full-time, <laughs> like, tempo indeterminato, as they call it in Italy, job uh, in Unicredit to join the startups and creating what is called Italia Fintech. There is a trade association of Italian Fintech, of Italian Fintech startups. So this, the startups that operate in Italy and have these like transformative business models that need to be addressed and explained uh, through a separate conversation or at least with a separate seat at the table. What was happening before is that, for example, in the payment industry, uh, there was a, a little subsector inside of the organization of the payment uh, that was talking also about digital payment. We wanted that to be relevant. We wanted that to be prominent uh, and to have all the different voices inside. So we were working on crowdfunding, for example. We were working uh, on uh, wealth management. We were working on payments. Um, and I like to, def to uh, define it as my uh, a huge experience for me personally. Like it was uh, amazing for me to see what uh, different companies were thinking and how we could work with different institutions bringing real value and how many small things we could change that were having a positive and immediate impact on the industry. Um, and then uh, from like a, a, a more broader perspective, it was very interesting to see what was the, the thirst for innovation also inside institutions and that this innovation was brought with a dialogue that was constructive and interested and informed. They were really keen to listen. They are really keen to listen. Uh, and this was like two years experience, like very full on, very, very interesting to have. Um, uh, we will we will um, look into this uh, in a little more detail, but uh, mm -hmm. I want to, to go back uh, to the remark that you made because uh, those who are not acquainted with the uh, the Italian uh, uh, work culture uh, may not have uh, picked it up. Uh, when you said that uh, you left uh, a permanent uh, a job, yeah. uh, it is the, the only equivalent in the US is something like uh, the tenured uh, professorship, right? When, when so. you're safe and secure and you can do everything almost uh, and, and you will never be fired, so uh, that is the dream of uh, of Italian parents when oh, yeah. they say, uh, uh, "Please, when you grow up, go and work in a bank, and 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 find a permanent job in a in in a bank. Yeah. It is extremely secure, um, and and also Unicredit is uh, one of the uh, largest banks uh, in Italy." Uh, one of the largest ones in in the world, so it is also guaranteed under under practically any condition uh, not to go in 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 bankruptcy anytime. So the question is, yeah. do you believe that the seeds of this craziness were already in you, or was SU a major component and catalyst in? turning you into a person that could make a decision that everyone else in your uh, at least Italian uh, surrounding felt is, is absolutely crazy. So I do think this, the seeds were definitely in me since the very beginning of always. Like I am a person that has always tried to, to work with what I really want to do and where my energies are the most uh, let's say implemented. Uh, at the same time, SU showed me I was not the only one. So before SU, I was kind of always feeling like maybe I'm doing this just because I want to risk, you know, maybe I'm just adrenaline addicted. I want to always more and I'm an overachiever and maybe that is bad. Uh, what Singularity exposed me to is a culture in which if you want to do more and like if if you have a feeling that Let's say I was also young enough to believe that if I want a full-time job, I, I can look for it maybe a, a little later on in my life. And I wanted to take advantage of the fact that I was only relying on myself to really experiment. And I'm glad I did because Unicredit is a great work environment. I, I didn't have problems working there and I didn't quit because I was desperate to go somewhere. 
uh, it was an opportunity. And when I went to talk also to the people inside and say, hey, they proposed me this thing. I, I don't think it will happen to me another time. Like to be the face, I've been a young woman, a young Italian woman, being the face with regulators of fintech startups in 2017, 2018. It was like not um, common. And so I was like, Let's take this stand. Like, like let's do this. It, it was kind of a judo move. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah. So, regularity for sure made me feel less alone. Like for sure. Uh -huh. Yeah, the, uh, and, and, and it is a common uh, uh, effect for those who participate, who maybe felt out of place uh, in their uh, uh, community at home. And and we're wondering uh, how uh, far in the bell curve of, yeah. of uh, normalcy they could afford to go, and then uh, when they were at SU, they they would recognize that there are many other people who are in similarly uh, extended positions in the distribution of of at least thinking and sometimes behaving. Uh, one can be and still be recognized as a very positive force and, and encouraged to do the, the things that, that they do. So uh, talking a little bit more about uh, Italia FinTech, you said that uh, you it was thrilling to realize that there were so many little things that uh, could be achieved and uh, that they would have concrete positive impact uh, in uh, the ability uh, of the various companies that uh, uh, you... Um, that belonged uh, to the to the association and maybe even beyond because even those who didn't uh, uh, were not part of the association would benefit from these changes um so and and, and you also mentioned uh, the uh unexpected uh, sight of a of a young woman leading this uh, uh in front of the regulators um so how how was that experience because um i i personally have uh, almost no uh, experience trying to uh, make uh, regulators do something that they don't realize they should be doing and, and and what it means to be able to support your arguments and persuading them on one hand and on the other hand um isn't uh, italy uh, known as some other cultures too for uh the kind of provincial thinking mm -hmm. that that uh, is hard to uh, uh, corral in a in a common front like in an association that must represent everyone's interest uh, and and then in in this kind of united position go and and achieve what you want to achieve so these two aspects what what do you say yeah, these these are two very very interesting, like right to the point questions. So uh, starting from the first one, um, I would I never did that before. Like I was not a person. Usually, people that work in associations, especially with a higher ranking inside of them, they have gone through a um, cursus honorum. Like they had a career that is mainly with working with the uh, other associations. Uh, I didn't do that. So I entered with like the naiveness and the belief that like if you want to do a, something positive and you study for it and you prepare yourself and you interview people, then you can really bring that knowledge where it's needed. So that was my idea. And the approach we had in Italia Fintech when I, when I was uh, leading it was like to gather the people that wanted to know about Fintech and proposing them contents and explaining to them before advancing our proposals. So we weren't going somewhere asking for something. We were offering uh, knowledge. We were offering our point of view uh, and really trying to make regulators understand what we were talking about rather than just present them with a piece of paper and be like, hey, we need this to be approved or this would be approved and would benefit XYZ people. We will have that, like we had that ready. But the important thing for us was to be able to explain and to bring them on board and to show them and to make them familiar with the topics because it's normal. Like if 
inside of some institutions, it's it's hard to catch up with like what's happening inside plus what is happening in the innovation side. And they felt they needed a reliable source to dialogue with. And I would like to think that that was the case for Italia FinTech and is still the case for Italia FinTech now. And 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 you found them ready to learn at the same time. I, I do believe that even institutions, likewise as companies and every type of uh, organization is made of people. So one of the other thing was to be able to find the people that were the most keen to learn and they were in the strategic positions. And that was, of course, where the majority of the first three to four months of my work were uh, focused on, like trying to identify these like people that could be our first leads and they could be our speakers for our cases, uh, but not just because we they owed us something or we owed them something. That was really a narrative in that type of job that I really wanted to change, but more because they really believed in what they were doing and they saw the benefits of it. Um, so in that sense, I think having being a person that wasn't relying on staying in the same track of work forever helped me because I was not feeling the pressure of saying or pleasing or like doing things the traditional way just because that was not my goal. My goal was to make the job done. And that's uh, what I like to think I did. Uh, and in these first uh, three to four months uh, um, that I was talking about where we were cherry picking the people to, to, to get to know and to, to inform and to talk to. I also did a lot of the work with um, creating an environment inside the association in which it was safe for everyone to say what they thought it was important for their company, mm -hmm. but also to understand that fintech in Italy is such a small uh, sector, like it's growing, it's solid, it, it, the services are amazing. But there's so much of the uh, traditional sector that is still uh, that can still be eroded somehow, like they can still change. They are not going to steal customers from each other. It was about creating a safer market for everyone to work with. And we were not doing a lot of marketing type of things. So I, we weren't promoting necessarily one against the other. Uh, it was more like, let's show that we can be in the same room and we can have the same interests. So let's not personalize our interests that much. Also because these processes with like regulators and like uh, putting together documents, it's a slow process. Uh, and sometimes you need to have resources just to focus on that. Uh, and not everyone has, even if you are a big startup, uh, maybe having someone else that is gonna back your proposal is gonna help. And so we were working in these two directions. One was like, if you had a specific need that would, the others were neutral about, so they didn't have any uh, specific uh, anything against it, uh, but you could bring that on and we could help you making the case. And then the second case, if there was something that everyone was recognizing as a problem or the some of us were recognizing as a problem, then we could gather together and try to bring that forward. So... Uh, based on your experience, uh, regardless of the particular uh, technology sector, vertical sector, and maybe regardless even of the jurisdiction, the country uh, of reference, what is the right attitude for a regulator that must strike a balance between protecting existing infrastructure while welcoming innovation and creating a policy framework that uh, is uh, constructive uh, and and allows innovation to take place that's another very very interesting uh question uh let's say that it, regulation is always about mitigating risks and allowing uh for action um it's it's a very thin balance. I'm thinking about fintech right now, just because regulation has such enormous impacts on different aspects. So we could think about bioethics. Uh, you could think about uh, many different uh, sectors of our life in which technology is AI, AI explainability or bias uh, in AI algorithms, self-driving cars. Um, killing or not killing people and, and uh, or like discrimination with yes. technological methods. So 
privacy, like there are just so many things inside of this. Focusing on fintech specifically, the line that one has to draw is where, uh, how to measure and how to make sure that the customer is doing what they know they are doing. Like, what, how do you know that the customer of a fintech startup knows what he's doing, as well as how do you know that a customer of a bank knows what he's investing in? Uh, and on the other side, how do you manage security? And there are all of these topics that are just super, super complicated to, to manage for a, for, um, uh, for a regulator of a traditional industry usually. Uh, what is different and what is changing now is that we are realizing that in Italy, especially, um, somewhere else things are happening and things happen in innovation with or without uh, the allowance sometimes of regulators and people realize that they can have services in a very easy to use way through their mobile phones for everything. So they expect that from the financial sector too. Uh, and I do believe that the best way is to have official channels and structured channel informed ones to communicate with the industry uh, and special divisions inside of these regulators to better understand and to get in contact uh, with, the, with the industry. And I'm seeing that happening right now, like other than concept that has traditionally these commissions uh, and divisions that works closely with startups. Now also Bank of Italy is announced that they're gonna open a special division that is gonna, based, uh, that is gonna be based in Milan, that is gonna work on innovation with the sector. And it's not only the innovation is done only by startups, of course, it's also done by banks. Uh, so that's a very transformative moment. And I do believe that like this cooperation is the only way that we can move forward in the legal, in the regulatory policy industry uh, and to have an approach that is scientific to it. So uh, usually when you do a regulation, the, the, the lifetime of what you write is so long before it gets approved and then it gets into force uh, that it sometimes is not relevant anymore. Uh, so shorten that period of time in which you need to implement something would be a great benefit. And secondly, to track and to monitor how something is going on, like what, like, like we do with startups, like a, a test and keep seeing what's happening, collect data and feedbacks so that you can reiterate that uh, in the next phase. And that is happening sometimes in some regulations also in Italy. But, uh, part of my recommendations when I happen to be asked uh, about this is to make sure that uh, as much as possible, laws and regulations contain sunset clauses mm -hmm. so that uh, uh, the stakeholders are forced to reconsider uh, whether the existing um, uh, framework can be reapproved or taking into account what has been learned in the meantime and how technology evolved uh, the uh, framework needs to be updated before uh, it can be uh, once again uh, put, put in place. Um, the uh, other um, comment that comes into my mind, as you mentioned, the scientific approach, is that indeed we do have uh, parallel um, control groups uh, because the um the the uh, in in particular italy as part of uh, uh the european union uh proceeds in a given manner where uh the ability of any member country to be radically different from the others is 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 limited but on the other hand we have uh, us and chinese uh, examples or even smaller jurisdictions like singapore or um or I don't know a, a Caribbean island uh, that uh, uh, that uh, feel uh, that they can uh, diverge more, and then a few years later we can ask ourselves uh, which is working better, and maybe be inspired by the best examples and implement them uh, as as they are being adopted. Specifically, um, how do you think? Uh, blockchain and, and Bitcoin regulation is going to evolve, especially uh, uh, in the view of uh, China introducing the central bank digital currency uh, experiments, uh, which in their case being an experiment is just used by three, four hundred million people, not more. 
uh, so uh, is that going to potentially accelerate similar ones in Europe or in the US? So the discussion around uh, cryptocurrencies have grown, I would say, exponentially in the last four years. Like I remember when I went to Singularity in 2016, we were like three people into the blockchain space. And that same year in November, uh, there was a boom of the oil industry and we all started talking about it. And since then we have seen also not only the public become aware of blockchains, but also regulators and institutions and financial institutions becoming aware of it. Uh, for sure, China is a great example. At the same time, is is a let's say a local one for what like not not considering it a, a, a global uh, blockchain that is what is really like a global cryptocurrency that is what is really transformative around things. So we can look at blockchain as a technology, and so like we can look at it like a tool to uh, make faster. Uh, transactions like faster international transactions to communicate currency between different countries uh, but and to like let's say do research on how to overcome the current payment system and the current structure of the payment system and in this sense also European Union uh, is looking towards uh, more digital finance solutions and it's looking into blockchains and uh, it's open forums on how to potentially implement it to create a, what is a so-called stable coin. Uh, so a coin that would reflect the value of a currency and would just use blockchain technology as the underlying technology to make that flow through countries and citizens and so on. Um, on the other side, there is cryptocurrencies. There is a technology built, like it's a product somehow built on top uh, of... Uh, and, and, and sorry, I just found this. Uh, yes. I don't know if you were aware. Yes, yes, yes. In October 2020, yes. there is a report on a digital euro yeah. uh, by the European uh, Central Bank. So yeah. uh, this and will it be... Also, yeah. It was also recently published a, a strategy, a fintech strategy by European Commission on how to innovate digital finance. Uh, so it's like it's a topic that has been inside of regulators, not only uh, nationwide, but also European Union and many others. And the main difference is if we are talking about cryptocurrencies or if we're talking about this distributed ledger technology, as, as we call it today. Um, and so talking about more the cryptocurrency side, um, it's a phenomenon and it's uh, also these days the prices uh, of Bitcoin are kind of becoming interested to, to many of us. If there are any nerves of Bitcoin connected, I'm sure you are having a kind of an interesting times these days. Um, but on the other side, you have also initiatives uh, like one of the biggest propellants, I do believe, to the to the dialogue within uh, regulators about blockchain solutions has been a Facebook announcement of Libra. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that because Facebook got the approval for the payment initiator back in Ireland, back in 2017, uh, late 2016. So they did say that they wanted to get into the financial service area. And then they just used that for small transactions uh, and for charity purposes. And when they announced that they were starting this Libra project, uh, there was gonna be two different sections, uh, two different projects that were related. One was like uh, the, the network that was connecting um, different uh, uh, operators and allowing for transactions and to exchange value between different countries seamlessly. Uh, and on the other side, they were creating the wallet that was able to manage this um, Calibra, was called, uh, that was able to, to hold and to share uh, this currency. Um, and this was something that really, really opened the conversation also inside of the G20 and the working groups within them. Let's call it panic. That is yeah. the best one. <laughs> I like the conversation, but yeah, panic, panic is like, it's more because once you have such a big um, operator that states that he's going to do it, then it's real. Like, you know, it's not only a technology, it's not only knowing that something can happen, it's knowing that you might be 
already there and that might happen pretty soon. At the same time, uh, if Facebook became big enough not to be able to, to just go for it without any regulation in place. So they have adopted a lot of uh, also uh, public relationship and relationship with um, institutions in order to explain how the technology works. At the same time, we saw last year something interesting. So the consortium that was supposed to create Libra, so the, the network that was sharing this coin, um, kind of, I don't want to say fell apart, but lost some of its key members, among which, for example, PayPal, that just recently announced that they have their own services now, that they were approved to allow people to have cryptocurrencies inside of their wallets in PayPal and to exchange it internationally. So there is this like two line interesting debate right now inside of the industry between let's have like the traditional cryptocurrencies or like create new ones that are private or create new ones that are public or backed by institutions. And I do believe they're all gonna coexist. I just, gonna, I just think we're gonna go towards um, a, um, a system in which money are going to have a purpose. You're not going to use the same money to do everything. And you're going to have different wallets for different purposes. And so maybe well, Facebook... And, and, and if I can interject, uh, the, the, yeah. Calibra, the, the Facebook uh, wallet for yeah. the Libra platform was called Calibra, and now it is called Novi. Yeah. I didn't know. So I went to novi.com, and there is a form, get, get Novi first, you fill in your name, your email, and then they ask you, where do you want to send money? So I'm yeah. saying, well, I want to send money from the United States. And then I was asking myself, how masochistic do I want to be? Should I really <laughs> Iran, for example? Oh, yeah. And I said, okay, well, let's not be that masochistic. Why don't I select Pakistan, which is, you know, a friendly yeah. country? Um there's not. It's not in the list. Yeah. It's not in the list. So how can uh, Bitcoin not win? It depends for the use. I do believe that. Like, I do believe that uh, Bitcoin wins for the use that Bitcoin has uh, that sometimes is not even... Uh, the same for every customer of Bitcoin, for every user of Bitcoin. But yeah, for sure, when you want to be inside of a regulated environment, you have to onboard countries. And uh, to onboard one country, you have to have the others that are uh, somehow happy with it or that are helping you with it. So it's, it's a conversation. And I do believe that we are going to go towards a more open and like more global framework for regulation. If I can be a little like visionary right now, I, I do think the trend is gonna be like bigger regulations that cover the technology itself around the world. I don't know in how many years, maybe it's gonna take 10, maybe it's gonna take 15, we don't know. Uh, but technologies are the same everywhere and we can access them everywhere right now. So it's gonna be well, very hard to keep this I really hope that uh, uh, there will be a safe space for unregulated uh, financial speech where I can transact without um, pretending that an all-seeing entity has need to know, right? Um, there can be perfectly legal and substantially private needs for financial transactions. Yeah. And uh, we are totally running the risk of this not being accepted uh, with, with regulators pretending that those don't exist. Um, in Italy, for example, um, First, uh, with the excuse of uh, um, uh, combating uh, uh, tax evasion, and, and, and now with the excuse of uh, um, stopping the spreading of COVID, 
uh, cash is really being uh, demonized and uh, and it is illegal uh, to use cash for 2,000 euro or maybe now less um, transactions, which is pretty extreme. It is pretty extreme. And, and I remember uh, receiving from my, my bank uh, a, a pretty plain communication a few years ago somewhere I have the, um, uh, the screenshot that says, uh, uh, we are happy to inform you that for your own protection, uh, in case you want to, um, uh, to withdraw uh, mm -hmm. more than 5,000 uh, euro in cash or to make a wire transfer, a bank transfer of more than 5,000 euro, you will have to justify the reason for the transfer to your uh, branch manager who then can deny uh, permission, which is pretty extreme as well. So let's say there are two different layers of this. From one side, I do believe we need to incentivize the use of digital currencies, especially in a country like Italy that has a very low adoption of it right now. Uh, and that is also because it's just a way easier um, and, and the cost of managing like currency is very high. And sometimes we don't realize the security, like I have a lot of uh, uh, elderly friends or like my grandfather's friends and so on. And there is this belief that like if you withdraw money and you have them under your mattress, you're more secure. And especially for that demographic is not necessarily you are going to withdraw money from an ATM and then you're putting them under your mattress. Like that perceived sense of security by having something that you can touch is just not there. Um, from the other side, we do know that Italy has like some um, hidden uh, economy, let's say that like, of course, there's a need to, to, to battle. On the other side is a choice. And as I was saying, I do believe we're going to have to have a more, um, a less structured, not structured, a more structured and a less strict and like, uh, um, a more flexible solution for regulation in general when it comes to technology. I mean, in going more for principles rather than going for point by point cases that are always going to leave out something and we are always going to find a way around things that is not really helping uh, anyone. Uh, but yeah, it's the, the balance between regulating something and control and safety. Control and safety is one of the balances that is always very, very relevant um, in creating new policy. Um, yeah, I, I see your point. I guess I see your point. Um, we only have a few minutes left, uh, mm -hmm. uh, but um, I, I want uh, uh, to touch on your current uh, phase, which is in the US, uh, back again. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, it has just started also, you know, with the complexity of the current situation mm -hmm. with the, the pandemic, of course. So ideally, what would you like to be doing in the next uh, phase of your professional trajectory? So in 2016, when I came to Singularity, I, I didn't only meet my, my crew of people, the people that I wanted to to hang out with and to be inspired from. I also had the luck of meeting the one person that then became my husband one year later. Um, and so back in 2017, we were like dating long distance, doing like these crazy commutes, San Francisco, Milan, even just for the weekend, even just to see each other till the point in which we decided to, to get married. And we got married in Milan at the Museum of Science and Technology. It was kind of a statement <laughs> to, to our love for science. Um, and since then, I've keep working in Italy because I'm a professional and I, I do want to invest in my career. And he is like the most supportive person on that front ever. And at some point last year, I started feeling the urgency of being together, like three years of commuting and everything. It was like getting impossible to keep being apart. Um, and having the full-time uh, commitment with Italia Fintech that was really like keeping me busy most of my days, um, I just decided to, to 
uh, advance, uh, like of course in advance advise them, but to dedicate all of my energies to that transition. So I didn't start thinking about what was next until that chapter was over because I needed all the potential energies I had in that moment to still keep going with the activities that we had and uh, deliver on someone that could follow me. And I'm I'm super happy to say that there's like the association is still up and going and they're still doing amazing things. Um, since then, uh, I've then decided to uh, join the board of a startup called Wallians that does real estate crowdfunding. Uh, and it's the first one that was doing that in Italy. Uh, we just opened um, in uh, France and there are plans to expand in Europe and maybe elsewhere. Uh, and with them, I do more of the strategy side and we work still with regulators and like we, we still do what some of the stuff I was doing in Italia FinTech and on the other side, I'm super grateful for the for the opportunity of working with a young and empowered team. Uh, and what we do is very, very interesting, actually, like uh, making everyone uh, being able to invest in something like real estate online in an easy way. We design user experiences that are super accessible. Uh, and I'm super, super happy to be able to, to partner with them on this project. Uh, and on the other side, I keep consulting. So I also consult for um, a startup called Impacton, uh, funded by Meg Pagani. Uh, and what she does is uh, they, they look at best practices of impact around the world uh, and how to scale them internationally. So if you have a great project in uh, let's say Latin America, why can't you replicate it in India for like, I don't know, recycle of plastics? Huh? Um, and uh, with them, I look more at the legal side of things. So how do you replicate something from like one environment to a very different other environment? Um, and so I'm keeping myself busy. I consult also for other startups uh, and I'm doing this type of things right now because my original idea was, okay, I'm gonna have three months at the beginning of 2020 just to travel. Uh, that, of course, was not a great idea. If I had seen the future, I wouldn't have probably made that decision. Uh, and in fact, I didn't travel. I ended up staying home and working with these startups and really having the time to look into the things that I wanted to study. So right now I'm also almost to publish, um, uh, self-publish, uh, a research on social media bias and regulation. Uh, so on how we moderate social media, what should be the um, regulation behind it, how governments should approach the regulation of social media. So if doing a co-regulation, if leaving blank spaces uh, and this type of things. So I'm keeping myself busy with uh, different sorts uh, of how, how, how can we uh, be sure that uh, we know when uh, this research, which is very timely, uh, is yeah. uh, available? Uh, I'm gonna make sure I really, really put it out there. So either Twitter, LinkedIn, website, uh, it's just uh, interesting timing because the more I write about things, the more things happen. So I'm kind of confused on like when I should call it a day. Uh, and I'm sure I have one of my best friends, I told her like at some point, just like call me and say, hey, stop. Like, that's right. That's right. And and then of course you can always update uh, and uh, or 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 have a community that follows your f further remarks. Uh, oh, yeah. That was then, and then this is how it is developing. So uh, uh, everyone who wants to follow you can go on uh, Twitter uh, to be alerted uh, about uh, the things that you do, as well as the availability of uh, this uh, research on social media bias and uh, and regulation. Marta, thank you very much for uh, being uh, with us and searching for the question live. Thank you for having me and have a good day, everyone. Okay. Um, so uh, thank you everyone for uh, following, uh, searching uh, for the question live. Um, uh, the guests uh, here are always very generous uh, with their time. And uh, it is always great to, to see their enthusiasm, their passion, their talent, and the projects that they are uh, investing in. Uh, the show notes uh, that you can uh, see 
on uh, YouTube in the uh, description uh, of the episode uh, have the various uh, URLs of the websites that I am sharing. So um, in a few hours uh, um, or maybe tomorrow, you will be able to go back and, and see uh, the references to the various um, projects and, and, and websites that we mentioned. Um, I want to also invite you to subscribe not only uh, to um, uh, the uh, YouTube channel where you may be following uh, the show uh, today uh, on uh, youtube.com slash David Orban, uh, but if you speak Italian, I also have an Italian YouTube channel and the easiest way to uh, find it is to go to davidorban.com slash YouTube Italiano. And uh, you are welcome to subscribe to that as well. Uh, there is a, a parallel show uh, called Qual è la domanda? Uh, that's similarly to how we are doing here, but in Italian language, uh, calls uh, guests uh, to talk about technology and society. And um, um, if you uh, feel that uh, what, uh, together with my team, uh, I am creating is uh, of value, I invite you to uh, come to patreon.com slash David Orban and um, support us uh, by becoming a fan, a supporter, a sponsor, or a benefactor um, of uh, Searching for the Question Live. Thank you very much, and uh, I will see you uh, in the next episode.